All right, welcome everybody to another episode of our Labs Open Office Hour. Uh, I'm Houston, the host, and we're joined today by Matt Bach. Whoop, there we go, over there. I forget I'm mirrored <laughs> sometimes. We're joined by Matt Bach, our senior labs technician and uh, Adobe Creative Cloud hardware expert, I think is is kind of your extra bonus yeah. title. <laughs> yeah, and and similar applications, like, yeah, like yeah. to resolve. And, uh... Oh, that's true. It's, it's, you're the content creation bucket video and photo kind of stuff. i know it's, it's always tough like it's coming up with like names and titles for things <laughs> annoying yeah like content creation oh well except like everything that everyone else does is content creation too oh, except for like yeah. engineering <laughs> well yeah okay so i like how you put it on your on your name tag there matt bach video and photo hardware expert so i like that okay and so today um we're, what are we talking about today, Matt? What we, I, I kind of know, but what do what do you got today for us? Uh, well, first and foremost, any questions that anyone has about really, really anything. So if you've got mm -hmm. any questions, mm -hmm. comments about anything, just talk, toss them in chat. Um, but also, I, I thought we would kind of spend the stream like outside of questions, kind of talking about the new uh, AMD GPUs because we finally oh, got yeah. to test this, the 68 and 6800 XT. That's um, right. We still don't actually have them. We couldn't. We still can't buy any even ourselves. The supply is yeah. really tight. Uh, but it was a uh, Brian from BPS Customs on right. the SIS cards and. Uh, if you look at any of our articles, we've got big thank yous on there because like he overnighted to them, them yeah. to us. USPS didn't show up on time. So then it was actually like two or three days later. Oh, wow. So he was a little stressed for, I think, those couple of days while like USPS just had nothing. And oh, we wow. didn't have them yet. But um, yeah. So, yeah, we got to spend some time with those guys. So yeah, it's always nice that like a lot of these like hardware people and reviewers and YouTube channels, like seems like anytime we, I just reach out to someone like, Hey, we still can't get that. Can you loan us one? And we'll do you a favor later. They're like, Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, we've done similar with like Linus tech tips and uh, a few other people. And it's always nice that the community is just like, yeah, sure. Here you go. I, th I think it's a lot of fun too. Cause uh, I, I tend to have, uh, for my work, I tend to have a bit of a relationship with these people as well, and so it's nice to see. It's nice to see everybody just getting along. Yeah, it's always cool. yeah. There's there's not like competition, which is odd. Like I, I you would think that like a lot of uh, people who are doing the similar things, there's like competition between them. But right. Usually, it's not. It, it's more of a like collaboration. I mean, I'm sure there is some, but it well, seems sure. like it's a lot of collaboration, which is nice. Yeah. It's always good to see people working together rather than like fighting, fighting. each other. Yeah, the drama is lame. Yeah. Nobody likes that stuff. So, where where would you like to start? We're looking at the new AMD graphics cards. Yeah, yeah well, um, again, until we start getting some questions, I, I guess we'll mm -hmm. just kind of start going through what we were seeing. Um, sure. So, a little bit of background on these cards. These were launched... When, when were they launched? Uh, a couple of months ago, I should, I should know I this, right? in any articles, right? I should, I should know this too, right? This is part of, uh, it's kind of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always funky, especially on things like this, where like, there's been, there's been what, eight launches in as many weeks. Come oh, on. <laughs> uh, it's been a little bit more than that, but yeah, it, it's, it's been kind of tough for us because of all these rolling launches, like rolling launches, I guess are nice for a lot of like the content creators, like like the reviewers and stuff, because like, yeah. hey, I can do a art, I can do a video on the thirty ninety, and then two weeks later, oh, I can do another video on the thirty eighty, and then another one on the thirty seventy, and now the thirty sixty Ti was like earlier this week, and right. so it gives them like rolling content. But for us, man, it sucks because yeah. we have to do all of our testing, and we like to um, 
redo all of our testing whenever there's a new product launch. We don't like to right. reuse old results, um, which I think a lot of reviewers do. They just reuse old stuff. <laughs> but we're in the different situation where like we need to know how performance is with the latest version of like the Adobe applications right. and stuff. And they and do an update every couple of months. Yeah, and that can make actually a big difference. Yeah. Um, oh, especially, yeah. especially recently with, um, you know, some of the new like hardware accelerated stuff and, and things like that, it makes it, it can, it can make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely can. So we always need to be testing on the latest. I mean, a lot of those like hardware reviewers, they care about the hardware performance more than anything. So like, right. if it's a little bit older version of say Premiere Pro, it doesn't really matter for them because most of their viewers are not, you know, video editors uh, for right. us. Like we still, it's probably still the majority of our readers are not, you know, video ed editors. They are tech enthusiasts, but our targeted audience from like the workstation side is the video editors. So we have to, they're the ones who pay our bills. Basically. <laughs> so we need to make sure our testing uh, applies mostly to them, not to mm -hmm. like tech enthusiasts. Um, right. And so, yeah, we always have to be testing on new ones. And these last ones, like we haven't, we've been going to get to the grain because like, yeah, we can't redo all of our testing every two weeks. Like it takes two weeks to do all of our testing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, And we've got other stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. It's been, so. it's been pretty crazy. So. Yeah, so and we are still we're still in the middle of it because the 3060 Ti again was earlier this week. Hopefully, we'll get right. it hard soon. That was and, kind of and we can be testing. That, that seemed like a, a big surprise. Like it yeah. was, I, I I saw a lot of talk about. I mean, there's been talk about all kinds of like behind the scenes models coming, like a 3080 Ti or the 10, the 20 gigabyte 3070 or whatever. <clears throat> um, but this one, it was one of those things that was like. A rumor that just suddenly was like, "Hey guys, guess what? It's true." And yeah, and, yeah, and just like, "Oh, it's launched now!" And like, there's better availability of it than every other card so far, and like, there's more yeah. of it than the 6800 series from AMD and all wow. this kind of stuff. Which to us, I, I don't know. It, it's it's always weird for yeah. us too because AMD I don't think does very much through DST to uh, system integrators like us. I think most oh, of their sure. stuff goes to, you know. Best Retail. Buy, Micro Center, Newegg, yeah, for end users. So we can't take advantage of all of our uh, DISTI connections about like, you know, putting in back orders and, you know, making, working with AMD to make sure we have allocation and all that kind of stuff because there's like nothing in DISTI, so we can't do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 3060 Ti uh, was, was a bit of a surprise and we'll see. Um, hopefully... I don't know. That, that card is going to be really interesting because it looks like it's uh, kind of the 3070, but like the ones that didn't quite make it to 3070. Because I think it's basically oh. the same thing as 3070, just lower stream processor count and maybe a lower frequency. Um, I haven't looked too far into it because we, we don't have a card yet. But yeah. so if it's just a lower bin, that would kind of make sense. You know, they had all of this 3070 cards that didn't quite make it as 3070s. So they turn off stuff, and now it's a 3060 Ti. I mean, right. Intel and AMD do that with CPUs. Everyone everyone does it. That's how they, you do it. You manufacture for a higher product, and then anything that doesn't make you turn off stuff, and now it's a lower product, and you sell it for less. Right. It just goes down the stack. Um, but, yeah, and then this month, it's, it's supposed to be like next week or in a little bit, the 6900 XT will be launching. Oh, snap. Um, and man, I, I hope that's the last card for a while. <laughs> Man, because man, yeah, like these rolling launches just take forever for us. Man. It's just because then we have to decide, okay, at what point do we draw a line? Okay, now we have to restart all of our testing because things have changed too much in software that we have to do it. And right. I think we're about at that point now. But um, yeah, so we're we're getting there, uh, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah. And probably after this, there'll be like Radeon Pro cards or Quadro or whatever it is they're calling it now. I think right. they're, they're dropping the Quadro name, but there'll be workstation cards for us to look at. And then there'll be an Intel CPU launch or an yeah. AMD CPU launch. Ooh, it's always something more. Uh, so we did We did have a quick little question. They were asking, when is the 3060 Ti coming? And um, just to address that right now, yeah, it has, it has officially launched. It was just a couple of days ago, but much like the situation is everything right now, finding one is going to be very difficult. So yeah, it's supposedly <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot better um, at least in like retail. So yeah. um, I, the things I've heard, cause there's, there's people who like talk with like micro center and they, they get behind the scenes things. Um, and the things I was seeing on Twitter was that the supply already for the 3060 TI is as good or better than the 3070. Oh, nice. Um, and at least for us, like, it's very different DISTI, so like us system integrators and retail, but yeah. for us, the RTX cards are starting to be okay. Um, yeah. Like like we're we're still way backlogged because yeah. it took a while for things to, to get out. But um, yeah. but now I think we're, we're um, producing and shipping our workstations as fast as we can. So there's no longer a supply bottleneck on those. That's bikes. nice. That's great. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so where where are we going to start? What have you got okay. to show us? Um, here, well, why don't you just switch over to screen and I'll just uh, pow pow. Okay, so uh, for those that aren't familiar, we have a whole bunch of articles. If you go to uh, PugetSystems.com, go to publications. Oh, here, I'll just do it. Go to articles. There's some stuff that we're working on just above the fold down that <laughs> you can't see. Um, <laughs> but then there's all the articles we'll work on. Uh, we've been doing a lot of these uh, review roundups. Um, yeah. recently. So normally we produce an article per application that we test because like I was mentioning before, our our testing and everything is funded by our workstation sales and our uh, like our actual customers, they don't care about general performance. They care about performance and what they do every day. So that's why we sort it by applications so we can really dive deep. Right. But we have been doing these roundups for the people that are more they just want general, or maybe they have a wider workflow, so they need to make sure, and they want to be able to see at a glance um, how uh -oh. different cards perform. So I guess we'll just go through here, and then we'll just kind of take some questions as, as we go. Yeah. Um, so DaVinci Resolve was the biggest one that, at least in my wheelhouse, that I got a lot of questions about, because it uh, uses the GPU a ton. It has great scaling. You can use, uh, well, with the free version, one GPU. With the studio version, I think it technically goes up to eight GPUs mm, is what mm. you can use. Uh, generally, we see performance kind of plateaus around three. Um, at right. that point, you just start becoming CPU bottlenecked, and like it doesn't matter um, how, because GPUs are just so powerful now these days that they're starting yeah. to take over. Um, but what you can see in here, so this is the GPFX score, the best case for GPUs in our benchmark. And the 6800 and 6800 XT are the uh, dark red here. The older cards, like the 5700 XT, which is still a current card. Uh, mm -hmm. The new cards are not replacing the old ones. They're just supplementing. Oh. Um, so like the 5700 XT, I think it's like a $400 card. And the mm -hmm. 6800 is a... Uh, let me switch back to one of these articles because I have... <laughs> 6800 is a, uh, it's basically a $600 card. Okay. MSRP. If you actually yeah. like to buy one now, it's, you're probably going to be paying like $1,500. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But so performance over the previous generation is terrific. It's like a 2x increase in performance over the 5700XT. Nice. Uh, the Vega series is kind of an oddball. I think that one actually is technically no longer being manufactured. Uh, okay. But that was like the last card where they were really optimizing for things outside of gaming, as far as I understand. So that card was actually a, still a great card. Um, but so yeah, 2x increase in performance. Good job, AMD. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but because of the new 3000 series from NVIDIA, NVIDIA is still way out on top. If if this had been like two months ago before the 3000 series, AMD would be uh, about on par because the pricing, the, like the yeah. 2070 Super is about the same as 6800, which is again about the same as the 3070. Mm-hmm. So like... Yeah, a couple months ago, AMD would pretty much be pulling um, level, which then, because the AMD cards have a whole lot more VRAM, they have 16 gigs of VRAM, mm. that would get make them clear, you know, a, a nice winner for DaVinci Resolve, at least yeah. on the, like, mid-range. Um, still upper end, you know, NVIDIA would pull ahead with the, you know, 2080 Ti and the Titan. Right. But, you know, it'd be a very great card because they had 16 gigs of VRAM. Now, though, <laughs> I mean, you can see, like, yeah, this these cards here are both more expensive than the 3070 and slower. The mm. 6800 XT is, I think, $50 less expensive than the 3080, and the 3080 is way wow. up here. So 50 bucks gets you, um, what is it, like a 70% performance increase? Yeah. So it's... I know a lot of people are excited about AMD and DaVinci Resolve, but yeah, I mean, it's huge performance gains over last gen, but NVIDIA saw just as large of performance gains with yeah. their new cards. So it feels like, it feels like this, this, at least with the data I'm looking at here, that this graphics card kind of launch is very similar to the 3000 series CPU launch in compared to Intel. Like this is their, this is their step where they're kind of breaking even and, even though their competitors kind of a little bit ahead, um, so it'll, it'll be, I mean they're making good progress. Yeah, I might. feel like. Yeah, and and it's similar like the the three thousand series Ryzen stuff. So was that yeah. was that second gen Ryzen? I don't uh, I'm not sure how they've been. Doing I think it was generations. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like yeah, those cards like or those CPUs like they had way higher core count, so they were really nice in some situations. <laughs> um, just like how these new AMD video cards have a whole lot more VRAM, so in some situations they'll be really nice. Um, it's kind of weird in Resolve though because how the VRAM breakdown works, like how much VRAM you want. If you're doing 4K timelines, an eight gig GPU is fine. So like pretty much anything you would buy is gonna do 4K just fine. Um, 8K, you need about 20 gigs of VRAM is what we recommend. So there you're basically limited to the 3090 because that's the only card that has more than 20 gigs of VRAM. It's only in like these weird in-between places uh, that not many people really are that the 16 gigs of VRAM on these new AMD cards would actually be beneficial. Um, It's going to be like 6K. People who want to work with 6K timelines and DaVinci Resolve, which there's just really not that many people doing that. There's some people (laughs) doing 5K, but you could probably, the 11 gig on the 2080, or 3080, sorry, Mm -hmm. or 10 gigs on the 3080 is probably okay. Um, So yeah, it's just kind of a weird place. It's, It's going to be nice for some people, but man, like the performance difference between here and like going, especially up to like the 30, Indy is massive. Yeah, like, it's huge. The 3090 is a more expensive card. Like yeah, it's, it's like significantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, if if you have and actually are working regularly with like 6K cameras and 8K cameras and stuff, that's not a whole lot of money yeah, compared to your total budget. 
like yeah, you're you probably, probably paying more in storage for every project than dollars. <laughs> so, so right. yeah, so it's an interesting. Uh, so that covers Resolve. Mm-hmm. How does it? How does it look into the Adobe stuff? <sighs> kind of similar. Um, yeah. Premiere is probably the best um, showing, at least in my in my stuff for these new cards. So again, compared to previous generation down here, mm-hmm. nice performance gains. Um, what was it? Forty percent performance gain over the fifty seven hundred XT and Vega. So that's like that's great. Like yeah, forty percent performance gain. Good job, but. Once again, like the 3070 is a hair faster than the 6800, basically ties the 6800 XT, and mm. that's a decent amount more expensive. Um, the VRAM is going to be less important in Premiere Pro than it is in DaVinci Resolve. So okay. 16 gigs of VRAM in DaVinci Resolve or in Premiere Pro, meh, it, it's not really a big deal. Well, no, why would that be? Why would why does Resolve, um, and maybe this is a little deeper than we get into but like how why why is uh why is the vram issue not as much of a problem as, um, uh, it Premier? just depends on how the data is being stored in the vram I, this is a little beyond me so some of this okay, might be okay. wrong uh but i know that like in davinci resolve it's actually a mathematical formula that they put out on some it's been a while since i saw it but it was on some old doc where like here's a big string of math to help you figure out how much um vram you need because <laughs> it's like number of pixels you know with times height, times color depth, times um, a few other things, and then oh, that man. tells you pretty much how how much um, VRAM you need. Or maybe that oh. was After Effects. Maybe it was After Effects, like how much memory you needed per frame. But you know, it still like applies. It's all math. Sure. Uh, but DaVinci Resolve, I think it does more things on the GPU than Premiere, so more stuff has to be stored in VRAM than in Premiere. So, oh, okay. um, so it can use the GPU a lot better. So, like if you look at like this. Uh, score distribution here like it's only difference between the highest and the lowest is about 2x yeah if we go up to resolve the difference between the highest and the lowest is like 3 or 4x right so it's just it uses the GPU a whole lot more Mm. Uh, but so basically it's kind of the similar thing like it's a lot closer so you lose less performance going with AMD over NVIDIA but you're still a little bit behind Um, so better showing from AMD um, I will say, though, that we had a lot of weird issues in Premiere that didn't even make it into our articles. Um, okay. One, one I, I really dislike AMD's drivers, uh, not because of the drivers, but because of all the junk it installs. I hate their, like, what is it, the AMD live streaming stuff. Um, and the reason why I hate it is not because of like the actual streaming stuff is because it puts in like a hundred different hotkeys and a lot of them <laughs> conflict with um, Adobe default hotkeys. So That's we have weird. to go in and every time we have to go in and like turn off a bunch of hotkeys so that we can like we can actually import things into Lightroom or actually yeah. do these things. And it's really annoying. So that, that's that's one thing I don't like. But we also had to like clear our preferences uh, in Premiere Pro before we could get um, anything beyond just a black screen in Premiere, which was weird. We've never had to do that before. We've never had to do that with even like these 5700 XT and Vegas. It yeah. was just these new cards. Um, and I mean, we deal with new launches all the time. In right. fact, because we couldn't get these cards for so long, these are probably some of the most mature products we've tested <laughs> in quite some time. Um, so that, that's a little bit of a concern for me as well. Um, I know historically AMD has been a little bit behind uh, NVIDIA in terms of like drivers and hmm. driver reliability and such. So that's, that's a little concern. 
for us as well, seeing that come up yeah. in our testing. Weird. So very strange. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I mean, again, just to kind of summarize this, like it's a lot closer. You're going to see a lot less of a performance drop, um, especially since what we're looking here is kind of like the best case scenario for GPUs most right. of the time. Like if you go into our actual articles, uh, where's our premier one? The first thing we start off with is like, here's our overall scores, because yeah. this is really what you're going to kind of see. And the difference is not all that much between. Wow. Um, although, interestingly, the overall score is shows that the 3070 is even more faster than the 6800 XT. That's because, mm. um, here we go, uh, encoding, GPU encoding oh. was added a couple of versions back, yeah. and AMD is quite a ways behind NVIDIA uh, for exporting. And is that because the software utilizes CUDA over OpenCL? No, it uses both. Oh, okay. um, it's just, I for whatever reason, I mean, Adobe has even told us that, like, yeah, it works better on NVIDIA right now. Um, it, it, the actual like decoding chip, uh, what is it on NVIDIA? It's called the NVENC invent uh, right. chip. Uh, I forget what it is on AMD, but so it could just be like that chip might just be faster, or oh, okay. it might be that you know CUDA is easier to work with, so Adobe is able to you know get better better performance out of it more easily than OpenCL or whatever it is that AMD is using for encoding. Um, we don't really know. I mean, all yeah. we can ever deal with is the what, not really the why. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, because like Adobe's not going to let us look at the source code, or or yeah. is that even that far? We would want to dig into something, even if we could. Like. Yeah. I mean, there's some I people think... who do really great like analysis of why things are, but right. that takes way more time than just the what. And <laughs> we're already so far behind. And most of our customers, they don't care about the why. They just hear yeah. that like, oh, yep, the, yep, the, and video is way faster. The Great. fact Done. that it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's Premiere Pro. Um, and uh-huh. after that, it gets kind of, in uh, like After Effects, GPU is a whole lot less important. But Which still kind of trips me out because After Effects is all about the visual effects and like, it, you know, those sorts of things, you would think that it would rely he- more heavily on the graphics card for, because you're, we're talking like s- some of it is like some of it's vaguely simulation, you know, smoke or whatever, or mm-hmm. s- sparks and things. And, and it's still, it's still to this day surprises me how little the GPU affects after effects when you would think a lot of that stuff would be heavily GPU accelerated. Yeah, it's, I think there's a combination of things. I mean, we get these kind of uh, comments and questions quite a bit. Like, uh, I think some of it is that a lot of the code is very legacy. It's very old. Sure. Like, it, because in a lot of this stuff, like After Effects, Premiere Pro, Photoshop, all of these ones, like, they are massive programs. Like, you can do so much in them. <laughs> yeah. And some of that code is probably from version one. And, like, oh, yeah. it works. So it's never been tweaked. Mm. And things just kind of add up. Um, and Adobe has, in the may- maybe the last two years, they've been making a huge push on adding like GPU acceleration. And so That's true. it's massively faster now than it was before. But some of it is also to do that, like some of the stuff that they've moved to the GPU, it's so good on the GPU that it doesn't really let the GPU stretch its legs. Like um, I've used this analogy a whole lot, but like I, tr- imagine you're flying somewhere, mm-hmm. you gotta, you've got to drive to the airport, then you got to get on the plane and fly, and then you got to drive to your final location. Right. Um, if you make your drive way faster, 
in some cases, that will make your entire trip way shorter. In other cases, like, okay, I turned my one minute drive down to two seconds, but I still have a 10 hour flight. Right. So, and so it's these things like they've moved these things to the GPU and they're massively faster, but majority of the stuff is still being done on the CPU. And okay. a lot of that stuff cannot be done on the GPU. Like it's just, it's single threaded. It's, you know, A, then B, then C, then D. You can't run it in parallel. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really matter. Like you get those performance gains. Like, yeah, sure, you still save 10 minutes over your trip, but you still got a 10 hour flight. <laughs> right. What's well, 10 minutes in a 12 hour trip start to yeah. finish? Yeah. 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 So it, it's, it's different applications, different things you're doing are going to have different things. That's the same reason why like GPUs are not really ever going to become a major consideration in like um, engineering applications when you're like, uh, like CAD stuff, like rendering. Yeah, sure. Simulation, sure. But like the actual modeling and viewing models. No, not really, because all of that stuff is like you start with a point here and then the next point is calculated based on the point before it. And the point after that is calculated based on the point before it. So you have to do it in serial. You can't do it in parallel. Mm. That's just the nature of how it works. So they'd have to completely redo how all of it works in order to, you know, be able to take advantage of that. So. Mm. Uh, we have kind of a, I guess, a question slash comment from from YouTube. Tulios, here we're gonna we'll switch back to uh, Tulios Tech asks, can you guys do an article on NVDEC, so Nvidia's decoder, and how both AMD and Nvidia do not support H two sixty five H four two two at eight bit, ten bit, or twelve? Uh, that is why footage from cameras like Sony A seven S three is bad is hard to work with i'm not sure yeah it probably isn't um supported yeah i we don't have an article on that i do know that um yes where is it somewhere nvidia and amd both have lists as well as intel have lists of um what codecs and like color depth and chroma sampling and all that Mm. kind of stuff are supported by different things um, most of the time, it's pretty darn similar. Um, I think there's still a few that QuickSync can do that NVIDIA cards can't. Okay. Um, is yeah, this something that's, you want to show here? Well, I, I guess you can show this. This isn't what I was looking for. Um, I was trying to pull something up, and like this was one. It's kind of an example, I guess. I don't even know what this is from. This doesn't even have the latest stuff. Um, oh, okay. But like, so they'll list different kinds of ones. Like, it should be should be able to find it, but that's oh, fine. Uh, maybe it's just on Wikipedia. Yeah, kind of. Okay, so this kind of works. Um, it looks like they don't have the latest stuff. Maybe you can go ahead and show this again. But so yeah, like there's certain ones like down here. This 2080 Ti. There's a couple of those over here, and those are. Oh, those are AV1. So, yeah, I don't think this is a full list either. Um, so, yeah, it can be tough to find all those things out. Um, the other thing, though, to keep in mind as well is that GPU decoding isn't a magic fix for a lot of stuff. Um, well, because you have two sides. You've got the decoding and the encoding. On the encoding side, some people don't like to use it because the quality is slightly lower for your bit rate. So if someone like wants to really have really high quality... And like it's a relatively, you know, it's not a feature like film or something, which I mean, you shouldn't be exporting to Asus for anyway. <laughs> but um, they want it the best quality. They're willing to let it go for a little bit longer. They use software because it's the best. You know, like maybe you're you're trying to keep, or you're, this is your final delivery. It's not you know one of the revisions. It's final delivery to a client. Yeah, you wanted the best quality. Um, the decoding though, yeah, it's 
it's it's it's just really tough because so many people if they even understand that h264 is hard to decode they don't they might not understand that like h264 is not a single thing it's not like it, I, well hey i'm holding a pen here it's kind of like pens like a pen is a pen but you have right. so many different kinds of pens and right. each one is slightly different and like yeah so it, it's it is really tough the best thing we found for our customers is we've started doing a thing where we ask our customers to send us some of their media and we throw it onto a system um, and show them how it'll actually perform on you know the latest you know systems whatever they're actually going to be buying and so they can see like okay yeah it will be way better or nope it still has some performance issues i'll have to adjust my workflow because there's only so much hardware can fix things um throwing money at problems can only get you so far right so there's mention here that um it seems that the m1 stuff the uh, apple m1 laptops are able to crunch through that fairly smoothly whereas um i guess your normal workstations don't yeah i mean because they have different (laughs) gpu or different decoding chips um i'm not sure on the details i don't even know if that's kind of details that in apple will even advertise which kind of sucks um <laughs> apple tends to not be super clear about like a lot of their like specs and stuff but yeah, yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if there's a few things um I, also conversely there's going to be other stuff that like yeah it's not gonna like i actually happen to have one of them <laughs> right here one of the m1s uh, we got it for uh, benchmark development of when the the new arm apps come out we need to make sure our benchmarks will work with it um but yeah, it, it's going to be anytime you're dealing with hardware acceleration, you're going to have some devices that are going to work better for some things and some devices that are going to work better for other things. Um, like Apple will also probably be better for ProRes RAW. Uh, I mean, ProRes is made by Apple. They've got their whole right. afterburner card for the Mac Pros and all that, which is, I don't know. I don't quite know why, who's going to be doing like H3 multicam with ProRes RAW. I'm sure someone will. <laughs> Um, but like they have those products and those don't exist on PC side. Um, but at the same time, you've got like red footage that has really, really good GPU decoding mm-hmm. and GPUs are just so far behind on Apple compared to PCs that like you're going to get way better performance on PC, even a laptop than you would on like the M1 or any Apple stuff. So hmm. it, it's all everything with computers. They're just tools. If right. the M1 is going to be way better than like a Windows laptop for you because of the specific footage you're working with, great. Do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just tools. Right. There's nothing inherently better or worse about one versus the other. Now, like a, a hmm. crappy PC that you bought that was like bargain basements and has a whole bunch of stability issues. Yeah, sure. <laughs> then there's a difference. But in terms of like raw performance, yeah, just get the one that works. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's comments here that H two C C five is supported at four four by two by zero and four by four by four at it's all depths. But yeah, not four two two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's all weird. And there's so many different variations. Each one of those has to have its own like decoding, I guess, built into it. So yeah. I, I have no idea how AMD and NVIDIA go through deciding and Intel, honestly, with QuickSync. They go like deciding what ones they're going to tackle. They must have some sort of like market analysis of these are the most common, you know, right. ones or something. But um, it would be interesting to see if like the new Quadros, um, what is it, A6000 or whatever it is that are supposed to be coming soon, if those will have different, like that would be it. That'd be a really nice thing for NVIDIA to do. Like, 
Well, I kind of don't want to say this because this will give them ideas. But <laughs> what they, one thing they could do is on their consumer GPUs, they could just have the decoding be for things that like, you know, YouTube playback and yeah. know, consuming versus on the Quadro stuff or whatever it's going to be called now. Uh, that's where they put in more of the hardware acceleration for more obscure things, um, you know, 444 or 422, all that kind of stuff, because that doesn't have to go to the general public but it does benefit sure. the smaller user base. And then they don't have to do as much um, qualification or QC work on all of their GPUs to handle you know, 20 different kinds. Yeah. They can just do the two or three on the consumer stuff and do that only on the, the workstation class. Stuff. That'd be kind yeah, of cool. cool. That'd be yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So we left off with After Effects. Oh, What's yeah. next? That's right. We're talking about the 6800. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all good. No, yeah, no, this is good. I mean, questions always take it. I mean, that's that's kind of the crux of things. After this, um, you know, I'll switch back over again. Oh, sure. Because uh, it's going through a lot quicker on this, and then we can start talking about whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, so Photoshop, I also tested. Uh, Photoshop, massive. <laughs> you, you get a big bump going from like onboard graphics or having no GPU acceleration to having a GPU. Yeah. Kind of like what we were talking about before, where like a total trip time, cutting your driving time down when you have a long flight doesn't matter. Uh, same, same thing here. So like all the GPUs kind of the same. Um, on these cards, I didn't even do Lightroom, uh, but Lightroom was the same thing. Um, so it was even less because having no GPU was like the same. Uh, that one I didn't do because there are things in Lightroom that should show it, but it's not stuff we're able to test right now. Um, so we need to figure out ways of testing like slider performance and brush lag. Lag is the hardest thing to test. It's, it's like impossible, but yeah. um, I love where it should be the most useful. So I just, I didn't even test it because it just wasn't worth the time. I, I think we I even had results, but... Yeah, I didn't want to write an article. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I, I like it. I think it's it it's a uh, it's very humorous to me when you do Photoshop GPU testing because it's like, why do I even do this? It all it's all basically the same, you know. Yeah, it well, hasn't Photoshop changed much. Should uh, and there's some new stuff like um, we need to do a, a revamp on a lot of our testing here soon. Um, but like, there's some new like neural filters in Photoshop. That's yeah. all AI based. Um, the problem with that is, I think a lot of the processing is done in the cloud. Oh. So if Adobe's servers are busy, the performance is going to be lower. So that doesn't really work for a benchmark because <laughs> right. like, time of day will affect things. Your internet speed, like we can't do that. Um, but there is other AI things. There's some like sky replacements and, and and things like that. And hopefully that will show some better performance difference with different GPUs. I, but yeah, I really need to dive into that. I need to get a hold of the Photoshop devs and like ask them, like, hey, we really want to show like the work that you guys are doing, like to make all this stuff way better. Cause I know it is. Right. Ow. What what do we need to test? And then we'll take what they tell us and be like, no, that's unrealistic. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> or we'll we'll take it and we'll actually apply it. Cause I think what I'm finding more and more with like these benchmarks is that it's okay to have some things that are almost borderline synthetic like mm -hmm. something that no one actually does but it's showing like the largest performance gain you could see with something like a gpu i think that's okay to do as long as you're presenting it as a like here's the overall score this is what most people will see but right. some people will see more all the way up until this point and i think it's okay to do that as long as you're being very clear that like this is somewhat unrealistic like you you might as well run 3d mark kind of a thing oh, sure sure <laughs> versus you know what most people actually see and someone most people fall in between I, I think that's okay to do but yeah um 
And then after that, uh, let's see, we're getting into some of the other things that some of the other guys did. Oh, sure, they did sure. I, I had most of my stuff uh, worked fine because it's all like NVIDIA and AMD supported. A lot right. of the other stuff that we normally test, like all of our rendering engines are CUDA only. So it's like, well, oh. we're not testing AMD. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, or a lot of the photogrammetry stuff, same thing. Uh, one of the ones that does support it is uh, MetaShape from Agisoft. So this is photogrammetry taking, take thousands of pictures like from a drone or just walking around like a statue and it turns it into a 3D model. So really cool stuff. Super cool. Um, we've 3D printed <laughs> miniature Houstons actually that way. Yeah, I, we, did a, we did a car, which was interestingly yeah. difficult because the, uh, the photogrammetry, I think we were using... Not Pix4D, but the... Uh, I don't remember. I, uh, that was years uh, ago. Yeah, no, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, it was too long ago. Now that I can't remember. But um, it had trouble with the uh, transparent window. We did a, yeah. we did like a Mini Cooper, but it, it the 3D print actually like printed part of the driver's seat because a couple of the photos that we took around the front of the, the car like looked through the windshield. And I don't know, I yeah. thought that was pretty fun. Yeah, if you actually <laughs> wanted to do a photogrammetry of a car, best thing to do would probably be to like tape off the windows or like get some like brown paper and masking tape yeah tape the windows because yeah anything clear or reflection is going to really throw us off but basically what william saw is that like the new cards are just the amd cards are just really a lot slower than nvidia so it's like like you can see here he he tested a whole lot less cards than i did because it's like yeah it's way worse (laughs) i'm not gonna even keep going on this because come on guys no there's no reason to do that um, and then outside of that, uh, Kelly, he's the one who's doing a lot of our Unreal engine testing, oh, right. um, which is really interesting for everybody because Unreal is used for everything. Game development, obviously, uh, but it's also being used in film for like pre-visualization. So like being able to see how things will work on a green screen ahead of time, like while they're shooting kind of things. Um, it's even being used for full animated movies these days. It's being used for like architecture and VR training and all this crazy things um but he had a lot of issues um i'll bring up i'll bring up his post to kind of show but basically what he saw is that like performance for rasterized stuff so this doesn't have like real-time ray tracing uh which is some some workloads or some workflows like that's all they care about they don't care about real-time ray tracing um and they're they're okay um, they're about on par with NVIDIA. So then you've got to make the choice between like, well, the extra VRAM will be really nice for me and I don't need ray tracing. Great. You can go NVIDIA or go AMD. Um, but if you're doing any ray tracing, they're quite a bit slower than the NVIDIA cards. So like 3070, again, is cheaper than these new cards and it's a little bit faster, especially compared to the 6800. But he also had a lot of issues. So like this scene, this is what it's supposed to look like. So this mm-hmm. is coming from a 3080. And then when he actually did it with AMD, You'll notice there's some um, problems. Yeah, there's something about the reflections and stuff was breaking. Yeah, some things aren't being rendered properly. Um, I think there are some things with textures. Um, And so there's also a new version of Unreal, which um, when he did this testing was in beta. Now, I think it released like yesterday. So now he's like, oh, man, now I got to repeat all this stuff again. But it was supposed to fix a lot of stuff, but it made performance actually worse. That's like this bright red down here is the new version with the AMD cards, and it's slower than the old version, which is the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Yeah, weird. Which isn't unusual in our experience. Uh, Sometimes when you see like performance improved with this, and then you actually (laughs) test it, like, oh, no, it actually got worse. I don't know how you got that it improved. Yeah. Um, but maybe like they fixed things. So like the fact that this wasn't rendering things properly 
maybe they fixed that. So now Ooh. performance looks worse, but it's actually being done properly. Right. Um, so it could be something like that. But he also had other issues. Um, so look, this is a whole lot easier to see. But so like this is with NVIDIA in the new version or old version versus AMD in the new one where they supposedly fix things. But it'll look like on the table here and down here, like some of the lights aren't rendering properly. Yeah. A lot of the textures on like the wall aren't being done. So there's hmm. still a lot of problems in Unreal with these new AMD cards. So we can't really talk about performance until like it works. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's basically he looked at all this stuff um, and he just said, like, no, just don't do it. Like maybe for some again, people who are not doing any ray tracing might be fine. But like ray tracing is becoming such a critical part of all of these like game engine things that like, yeah. you, you kind of need it. Um, he also looked at like 3ds max and Maya, uh, main reason to see there's no charts in here is because <laughs> things like modeling simulations, GPU won't really matter, but, uh, they added a, uh, rendering engine called Arnold, uh, mm. a couple of years back and okay. it has GPU based rendering. Uh, but and you can kind of see here, uh, unable to load Oops. NVIDIA GPU it's because there's no NVIDIA GPU when you're oh, using an no. AMD GPU. Um, so it just doesn't work. So that's why he just put up a post like, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> like, you can do it if you don't want to use the Arnold GPU renderer. Sure. But, I mean, GPU rendering is just so much massively faster than CPU rendering that, like, you kind of need it. And all those other yeah. rendering engines yeah. that you might use, Octane Render, Redshift, V-Ray, they're all... NVIDIA only as well. Um, a lot of them are saying that like OpenCL or AMD support is coming. Yeah. But like, I think the at best it's in like a beta version, not like an actual um, you know, release. So it's basically, I, I think kind of the of all of our testing is that, I mean, this wasn't part of our testing, but gaming, yeah, AMD is doing great. They're doing a yeah. really good job. Um, so like gaming side, terrific. Um, Content creation side, massive gains over previous generations. So, like mm -hmm. looking here, like performance gain over the previous cards, terrific, but not enough to catch up to NVIDIA, which is surprising when we say things like the new cards are up to 83% faster than the old card, but <laughs> it's still not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just for most like content creation things, NVIDIA still has the lead. There's going to be a few people where the 16 gigs of VRAM is more important than performance. Yeah. Great. Uh, but I think for most people, it's just N NVIDIA still is just they're too far ahead. We'll, we'll see with like the next version of stuff. But I don't know. Uh, AMD managed to really take a huge lead over Intel on the CPU side. Yeah. I don't feel like NVIDIA is nearly as complacent as Intel was. So sure. we'll have to see if that actually happens or not. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like they have to come out. AMD has to make another big jump in the next six months or so um, before, yeah. before there's a 4,000 series by NVIDIA kind of thing. Yeah, and, and we'll see. I mean, I think I, AMD is doing the right thing about putting more VRAM on their cards, I think, so to add like an oh, extra yeah. you know, benefit to using AMD instead of just straight up performance in these things. Because mm -hmm. uh, like, man, NVIDIA, you dropped the amount of VRAM, like going from 2080 Ti to 3080, which I guess isn't a, a direct you know, <laughs> comparison, but like you dropped your near top end card from 11 gigs to 10 gigs, which really isn't that big of a deal. Like it's not that massive. But, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. But at least the 3090 is a whole lot cheaper than the Titan RTX was for the 20 gigs of VRAM. Like it was oh, like a thousand dollar price drop. So that's good. So here's a here's a good question from Jose Contreras on YouTube. Which uh, he says, which food is better for me to buy the 3080? And I think he means card. Uh, better for <laughs> me to buy 3080 or 3070 for Adobe Premiere Pro 4K 24 FPS. What codec? Well, it probably won't matter. Um, <laughs> basically, 3070 versus 3080 for mm-hmm. most editing stuff. Uh, Aaron can kind of bring up. You oh, want to switch oh, data most of the time um like live playback the gpu doesn't make a massive difference so like the 3070 and 3080 like you see here like actually technically the 3070 scored above the 3080 on our live playback test but like it's within like a percent so it's basically right. like uh, you run it one time one card will be a little faster you right. run it another time another card will be a little faster the, so. the neutrino has gotten away this time <laughs> or windows update in the background yeah. <laughs> tiny little things like or it's just adobe being adobe and it's just sure. different from one yeah. to the next um so not going to be a massive difference in most like playback things um, okay. if you're talking like you you're using red footage it could be a bigger deal and you probably wouldn't go up to the 3080 uh if you're talking just like a64 ProRes, that kind of stuff Nah, just do a 3070. I don't think it's worth the investment um, to go up to the 3080. You're going to get more by taking that money and investing it and like being able to bump your CPU model a little bit or Hmm. get yourself some nicer storage or buy a new chair to make you more comfortable so that like your your editing will you'll be able to be more in the flow. Like that's going to make a bigger difference for most people than going from 3070 to 3080. Nice. Nice. All right. I have a question, uh, and this is more because I've I have received these sort of questions um, as uh, on social media before. Can we get an update to the optimal storage for video editing slash Premiere Pro? Uh, I've I've had um, I've taken some of the results and the conclusions that we've come from from the last one, which I think is mm-hmm. from. It was a while. Premiere 2015 or something like that. Uh, and and have kind of extrapolated forward, but we're getting to a point where um M.2s are pretty mainstream now. Uh, a lot of people are doing two, three of them. Um, uh, most people aren't putting platter drives into their working machines. They're that sort of thing is starting to move more toward you know cold storage or or backup sort of archival stuff. And um, so I've hoped that I've been given out good information as far as, <laughs> as far as extrapolating from some of uh, from those conclusions before, but like some folks are wondering, like, do I put the fast, I have a Sabrent rocket M.2, which I know we haven't like internally tested or anything, but they're wicked fast. Mm-hmm. Do I use that for media scratch? Do I use that for project files? Do I use it for the OS? I have two M.2s, one of them, you know, these sorts of things. Yeah. And so do could you give a little insight into that now and then yeah, maybe so, maybe a, a redo on the an so update the reason, on the article? Yeah, the reason why we haven't done a redo of the article and probably won't is honestly just because like things are so fast that it doesn't matter. <laughs> sure, like, like it mattered before when we were talking about like platter drives versus SSD versus this, but like CPUs being faster has actually made things better. And the storage drives are all, like you were saying, are are way faster. And a lot of the performance differences that we saw before was in very small things. Like in Premiere Pro, it wasn't like, it doesn't affect your playback or your exporting times. Mm -hmm. It was like your import times into Premiere Pro would be a little bit faster or like generating peak files or the waveforms that, you know, needs to generate for the audio was a little bit faster. But yeah, again, these days it's just so fast that 
it it doesn't really it yes we could do a whole bunch of testing and show you like yes two percent faster with this drive ah. like, it's just who two percent who cares yeah. so I, I think at this point it all comes down to um there there's a few like rules of thumb and mm. then beyond that it's just organizational like I always recommend that people have um, as much as they can off of their OS drive as possible. Right. Um, because SSDs have limited read and writes, and the less you can mess with your OS drive, the less likely it is to ever have to have problems in the future. And your OS drive is like your one drive that like, you can't really back up your OS very easily. Like you can do a system image, but you don't do that as often as you back up like your project files. Right. Um, so I try to keep as much not on that drive as possible. Um, and then beyond that, um, having your cache files on a separate drive is also nice, again, for the same reason, because cache files are written and read a lot. They're updated constantly. So that's going to limit um, the lifespan of the drive slightly. Like, is it really going to make a difference? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> like, these SSDs these days are so reliable. Right. It's What's one day out of five years? Right? Yeah. But it's still it's kind of like a best practice thing at that point. Uh, the other reason why I like putting all the cache files and temporary crap on one drive is that then, like, hey, you want to clear your cache because it's getting kind of crazy. You just go on that drive, you select everything, you hit delete. And then like all, all your all like Premiere Pro and Photoshop, whatever, like it's like, oh, there's no cache files anymore. Whatever. And it just remakes them. So like that's kind of nice to be able to do. Um, and then like a dedicated drive for like your projects and all that. It could be on the same drive as the cache. Like I think the biggest performance thing we saw before was having all your cache files on a different drive than your OS. Mm -hmm. So like as long as you do that, like you're good. If, if you're talking about like. I've got a seven gig a second drive and a three and a half gig a second drive. Which one should I use for either? It's like, it's not going to matter. Okay. Like your CPU is the limiting factor on all that stuff because all of your data is compressed. It's, it's all, it, it, it's kind of like it's all getting zipped and then put onto your drive. I mean, not really oh. zipped, but it's all, everything is being compressed and put on the drive. And then, you know, your system has to uncompress it in order to, to launch it. That's like, that's why, um, like, say Premiere Pro, the EXE is only going to be, you know, whatever handful of megabytes or gigabytes. But when you actually launch it, it's immediately taking up a whole lot more RAM because oh, it's right. actually like having to unpack all this crap, load stuff into RAM and all that. Right. And that stuff usually these days is CPU limited because most of it is single threaded. So like it doesn't matter if you got a 64 core CPU or a quad core. Um, as long as they have the same single threaded performance, <laughs> it's going to launch about the same. So, All right. yeah, so I don't oh. think performance is as big of a deal anymore. OK, that makes me feel good about the advice yeah. that I've been I've been but, giving out. Yeah, the, the only place I think where it can is um, like After Effects or DaVinci Resolve Infusion does the same thing. But mm -hmm. you have a disk cache. So it, you're playing through like a comp in, in After Effects. It renders each frame and each mm -hmm. frame it actually stores into RAM. Oh. Um, so that like if you go back, it doesn't have to re-render it. It's just in RAM. It just plays it. Um, and then it also in the background, it writes it to your disk cache. So oh. that like if you close After Effects, um, everything in RAM gets you know thrown out. So you load up After Effects the next day. If it can read from the disk cache, great. It doesn't, it doesn't have to re-render the frame. Uh -huh. um, or if you don't have enough RAM for your entire comp and then you go back to the beginning, it'll overwrite the oldest stuff. And if it's in disk cache, it'll be able to just read, read it again. Um, so for that, there should be a slight benefit to having a like a faster drive as your cache drive. That one we have no hard numbers about because 
all of that being written to the disk cache, After Effects does it in the background. Like it tries to sneak it in whenever it won't affect like <laughs> your workflow. So like we'll do it one time and like it'll write 100 frames to the disk cache. We'll do the exact same thing again. Oh, this time it did 20. Do it again. Oh. This time we did 150. Do it again. This time we did 10. It's like, Weird. oh, great. <laughs> so it's super inconsistent because it's trying to work it in. Like, mm -hmm. so it depends on what other, you know, hundreds of applications are running in the background whenever it decides, like, I can work this in or I can't. So it was really hard to test, but it should make a bit of a difference there. Okay. We have a question uh, again from YouTube. Asaf Blasberg, videographer, asks Is it better to invest in a lot of memory for Fusion to use the Fusion memory cache feature? For resolve yeah yes absolutely um because that's just I, I, and i think resolve or yeah fusion and resolve does basically the same thing as what i was just talking about oh, yeah. so the more ram you have the more frames you can cache and the more frames you can cache the less you have to re-render because you never like when you're actually working like it's different for us when we're benchmarking because like we play one thing once and like okay great it took that long when you're actually working like you'll play for a little bit and then you'll jump back, you make a tweak, you'll jump back, you make a tweak, 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 jump back and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And the more of that stuff that is in RAM, the faster everything is gonna go. You're just gonna make your workflow so much faster. So nice. yeah, a lot of times for like the systems we're selling for After Effects or for Fusion, like having more RAM is often more important than like the CPU speed. Like, mm. Yeah, the CPU speed matters because like that's how fast you can render those frames. But if you don't have to re-render them constantly, that's better than Ooh. having to do it faster in the first place. Sure. So some of our customers, like 128 gigs of RAM is not uncommon. Um, 256 even that's goes up sure. there. Usually the people are going up to 256, like they've got enough budget that they have the best CPU also. <laughs> but yeah, 128 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of RAM, absolutely, I think it's worth it for those kind of workflows. Nice. So you, uh, previously you mentioned um, who, uh, Arnold. Uh, I think it's mm -hmm. a GPU renderer. Um, Tulios Tech or Tulius Tech uh, has mentioned a couple times that he would be very uh, appreciative. He says it would I would kill for you guys to add Houdini and Arnold Six to your testing. Um, is that something we do separate, or is that actually built into like something like V-Ray? Um, so Arnold, Arnold, probably what we would do. Um, and I think we kind of have plans. I think the 3ds Max testing we do actually includes an Arnold test. Okay. Um, so because well, they're the ones who bought up Arnold recently, right? Or have yeah, have implemented well, it no, into their renderer? Of Redshift or? and Maxon. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but just Arnold, I'm not sure if they're owned by Autodesk or if it's just like a really close partnership. But mm -hmm. probably that's how we'll do it. Is uh, unless they come up with a standalone um benchmark because that's what basically what we do for like octane render redshift and v-ray like they have their own benchmark so we don't have to right. do anything we just Yay. run the benchmark um but arnold it'll probably be part of our 3ds max and maya testing so it'll mm -hmm. be included in that once we get there houdini man i don't know there's because everything we have limited time like right, we can't right. test everything and when we decide we want to test something oh it is not a lot. it's not a minimal amount of work no because especially because we need we have to automate everything that's the right. only way we can do all the testing we can so like yeah there's people out there who could look at houdini and just like yeah we're going to manually do it i'm going to use a stopwatch i'm going to time some things and like right. that's great that's fine for like testing every once in a while a lot of youtubers could do that but for us like 
no, there's no way we can do that. So we have to automate. And in order to do that, there has to be really good API hooks. There's got to be ways we can automate things. We actually have to usually establish a relationship with the developers, like we've done with Adobe and Blackmagic and all those guys, to get like these extra API hooks added. Um, because most of these applications are not made for benchmarking. They're just not. Right. They're made for like the people to, to actually to, use it. To work, yeah. Yeah, to do work. And we're coming in and trying to use it in a way it's not designed for. Um, and that's a lot of work. Um, Adobe is kind of the easiest one. But, you know, this comes up even with like uh, DaVinci Resolve, like mm -hmm. DaVinci Resolve, we can test export performance really easily. They actually have a built in tool for that so that we're just leveraging. But something like live playback, mm -hmm. really, really hard because there's no hooks in the API for doing that. We uh -huh. used to test it, but the way we did it is we we had a third party or uh, external automation utility uh, based on AutoIt is the program language. It's really nice for automation. Um, it's working less and less these days as uh, applications are moving to Chromium. There's all these security things. You can't actually see and read <laughs> right. what things are on the window, which yeah. kind of throws automation out the window. Um, but what we were doing then is we were playing a timeline, taking a screenshot of just a little bit, you know, up in the corner, that's the FPS counter once a oh, second. Yeah. And then we put it through at the end, um, I think it was actually a checksum. Like we were doing a pixel checksum and it would it would compare it to a database of other checksums so we would know like, oh, this number is 21 because it has this checksum. Oh, and anytime wow. it didn't know what it was, it would ask you like, hey, what is this number? And like we were talking about trying to make it work with like um, Google's uh, screen uh, on screen reader like converting, hmm. but like it was too low res, it couldn't do it. Talking about making our own AI to do it. It was like, oh, no, we, we can't we can't invest two years of development to do this one thing. Right. So right. Houdini is kind of along the same lines. It might be one that we'll be able to take on, but honestly, there's higher priority things for us. Um, ones that we'll get a higher return on. Um, Avid is one. Yeah. Um, I hear that one a lot. Yeah. Avid will be a, a nice one for us. Um, once we really dive into it. <laughs> that one's probably going to be tough too. Uh, it's, it's basically, I think we've kind of, Adobe is unusually easy uh, to automate testing mm. for. Uh, I don't know why. I think a lot of it's because a lot of the developers, they have to do some of this testing for their own internal stuff. So they just right. like, threw it into the API and their API is terrific. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I wouldn't expect anything in the next couple of years uh, yeah. for like Houdini, okay. unfortunately. That also, as a part of that answer, touched on another question from a soft Blasberg videographer was asking, will Puget systems have a benchmark for live playback performance on resolve? And you kind <laughs> of, you kind of talked about that during that. Yeah. So. Uh, the, no. the one thing I can say for that is um, that's one of the reasons we do um, the test does rendering to H64 and to DNX um, mm -hmm. because the DNX expert uh, FPS usually isn't too far off from live playback. It, it's Ooh. not, it's not exact at all, but like usually like the relative performance between things is about in line. And the one thing we've been realizing as we've gotten more and more into these testing, like our Premiere Pro, we used to have an extent or it still is there. We just don't use it as often an extended test that tests like a dozen different codecs at both 24 and 59 FPS. And I think what we've realized is that is nowhere near enough if we actually wanted to be comprehensive. Um, oh. like we were even talking about like different flavors of H64 before, like right. there's dozens of different flavors of H64. How are we, there's no way we can test it. Um, so what we're starting to lean towards now 
and I know this isn't as useful for the general public, but for our customers, um, I don't know if we've officially launched the service or what, but um, basically a thing where send us your projects, mm. load it up on a system or two. Um, I think it's going to be like a thing we technically charge for, but if you buy a system, it just gets rolled into the cost of the system. So like for sure. actual customers, it's basically no cost. But um, if someone wants to use this as a resource because they're going to build their own or maybe they have a contract with Dell, they'll at least be able to figure out what the right thing is because, yeah, we're just realizing that's the only way to like actually do this stuff. Um and hopefully that's... we'll be able to kind of turn it into something that's available to the public. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times we can't share like the actual testing, like the video we shot for the customer of us you right. know, tinkering around in Resolve. But um, if we can say like, okay, here's what the, the full details on the codec and what we tested and here's what we found. Hopefully mm. we can start putting out some sort of like a database that like you can search for your codec and res- and tool and you'll see our notes on it. Um, well, hard thing nice. with that is until we're doing like dozens of those a day, most of the time it's going to be outdated yeah. by the time you find it. So That explains all the, the test videos I see in our YouTube channel. They're all unlisted. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, we send those to customers. And it's been... The response has been great. Um, yeah, it looks like it looks, little, it looks pretty popular, yeah, actually. Yeah, a, a little preview, I guess, on it is I think we're aiming to do 30 minute test sessions, including setup, because usually it doesn't take up that much time. Like, so it says, oh, yeah, here's a project. Can you see what performance is like at full res and half res uh, with this configuration I'm planning on buying? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, 30 minute is, is about right. Um, I've been doing a lot of I just record myself while I'm doing it and just send it to the customer with like final thoughts at the end. Um, some of the other ones, it's like, you know, Hey, it has to run overnight. It's like, no, we're not going to record it. So it's just going to be a, here's the final time it took to do this yeah. photogrammetry thing overnight. That is um, really neat though. Like custom, almost in a way, custom benchmark kind of yeah, it, yeah. It, super cool. I think that's, and it's, and it's again, it's the only way to know how it's actually going to work with what you are doing. Cause nobody does the yeah. same thing. Right. Like a lot of people think that they're doing, Oh yeah, I'm doing the same thing as this other person. Like, no, you're not you're using like a different camera. Like that oh. alone is going to throw everything off. Yeah. The plugins, the, the, mm-hmm. the codec, the, yeah, all that stuff. You, yeah. You we we thought about, so the, uh, Oh man, this is starting to get a tangent. The, the other <laughs> thing is, um, Partially because of all the COVID stuff, we're all working from home. We've now outfitted, I think it's maybe about a dozen of our test beds at the office with uh, IP KVMs. So they're hardware mm-hmm. level KVMs. So we have BIOS control. We've got, we can install the OS remotely. Um, we do all this testing remotely through them. Um, we were talking about at one point, like having almost like a uh, a way that you could schedule time. So like, you, you know, there's a certain oh. fee. You can schedule an hour on you know, this system, you can remote in, you can download your project, you can fiddle around with it yourself. And like, yeah, there's lag because it's, you know, remote, but you can watch the FPS counters or whatever. You can play around with your own thing and and do it. Um, We started to go towards the custom us doing it just because like, there's a whole lot of uh, less security you have to worry about when yeah. you're giving people access to computers that are on your <laughs> internal network. <laughs> so we, uh. we've, we've allowed that for a few times. Like I forget who it was. There's some YouTuber who needed um, some quick testing on something. And we said like, you know what, here, here, here's login information. You can just do it. Like we trust you. We know you, <laughs> you know, it's fine. But for like public, oh man, no, it'd be so hard. So, yeah. and this way also too, because I think a lot of people don't know what they should poke around at. Um, sure. Because I mean, we're unique in that we have the hardware experience and the technical software experience. I, I would never say that we're creative enough to do like video editing. 
professionally. But like, yeah. I can poke around to resolve and show you like, oh yeah, if we do like set this to red decode at half versus full versus, you know, all these things and hey, let's try this. Um, I feel like we can give more people more value in that 30 minute session that they're paying for than if we let them remote in for an hour for the same cost. So. Sure. Yeah. So let's say one more question because we are just a touch over our hour. Uh, a soft Blasberg videographer asks, what software does Matt recommend for screen recording of Premiere Pro? I always use just OBS. That's what I use. That's what I would uh, recommend too. The, <laughs> I have had some Easy. weird things. Um, it was actually, uh, I was recording a video for somebody the other day and uh, I had actually on StreamYard, same thing we're using for this. Uh, I was on a, a live stream with Jason Levine, uh, Adobe, oh. mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was having an issue because I was trying to do a, a live demo and I'm also using NVIDIA Broadcast to do noise cancellation oh. on my mic because oh, I've yeah. got kids and they've been screaming and hopefully <laughs> no one has even noticed. Um, but uh, I've had some issues where... I have to make sure that like, well, I'm not using that because as soon as I start doing stuff in Premiere with like the GPU decoding, it'll make my audio super choppy. Oh yeah. Through the video broadcast. Same right. thing with OBS. Like I have to be a little bit careful of like, okay, I know I'm not gonna be doing anything GPU based. So I'll set it to the GPU um, encoding in mm -hmm. OBS or Hey, I know I'm going to be working with some H.264 footage, and that's going to load up my GPU, and I don't want it to mess up my OBS stuff. So I'll set it to then use the CPU decoding and you know go with that way. Um, but I think the only way to really get around that would be to do a like an Elgato and go to like a laptop. Um, so yeah. you you know out from your system through the Elgato, which then passes through to your monitor, so it doesn't affect what you're doing. But then you can pipe that to a secondary system that you can record on but yeah. that's a pretty darn complicated like if you're doing like constant or um regular like you know webinars or youtube videos that are showing things or i know adobe is really pushing like the uh streams on was it behance or whatever oh yeah yeah creative mm -hmm. streams um on their platform if you're doing that stuff like it's probably yeah worth investing in like a second like a laptop or something that you can use for that but otherwise yeah i, I just use obs i don't you probably have a better answer to that person than I do. <laughs> I would recommend the same. That's, I mean, that's all I've ever done um, for, for screen recording. Um, I would recommend a second monitor and, and oh, do, yeah. and do a, a monitor capture that way. Um, that way you can keep an eye on OBS versus, versus the software you're using. And you can keep that uh, just cleaner. It's just cleaner to have everything you want to capture on a second monitor or second machine. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's lightweight. It's really easy to use. Uh, OBS is free. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like. Um, they also added a virtual camera into OBS. Yeah, yeah that, that which is super really fun. Nice, very um, cool. I haven't used it oh, too much, um, but like it lets you do really nice like scene changes. So you can go from just you to you in the corner, and then your screen, or just mm -hmm. the screen, or second webcam if you want to like show your keyboard. Or you know your mouse and keyboard, and maybe put that down on the side. Like it's kind of really nice. Like scene changes, you can put in like hotkeys, or you can get like a what is it, Stream Deck or whatever the the control oh, panels are. Yep, yep. So you can like pop between things really easily between different scenes. Um, basically, it lets you do all your editing on the fly rather than having to like record your webcam and then record your screen and and then put it all together later in Premiere. It is really nice. Yeah. All right. So. That does bring us to uh, an hour six, a little hour seven. So uh, we're going to say, we're going to, I guess, wrap it up here. So uh, thanks, Matt, for taking the time out of your day and joining us and giving us a little rundown on the new um, 
Radeon graphics cards. Uh, we'll probably do this again in a little while when they come out with more stuff in a couple weeks, I'm sure, uh, or whenever. Depending they on when we can get one. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so thank you guys very much. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. And uh, as always, thanks to the audience as well for joining us. And thank you for everybody asking questions and stuff. It really makes uh, it makes for good content later and, and provides value for everybody else in the future as well. So thank you guys very much for that. And uh, and as always, we do this uh, Wednesdays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Wednesdays, we bring on external experts to talk about, um, you know, their workflow and things like that and how um, just tips and tricks and advice on what they do. Um, and then uh, Fridays, uh, we bring our expert, our experts on, to, like Matt here, to talk about the crossover between the hardware and software and kind of give you guys an opportunity to get a little more uh, kind of in-depth questions for that sort of thing that are more relevant directly to you. So uh, mark your guys' uh, calendars for that. Wednesdays, Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific time, uh, just about every week. So, uh, yeah. Except the end of this month, right? I think uh, a break oh, for Christmas. That's true. Yeah. At uh, <laughs> so for this month, our last stream will be, I think, the eighteenth, sixteenth, or eighteenth, somewhere in there, somewhere around there. And then we're coming back after the new year. Um, uh, keep an eye on the social media stuff. I'll I'll be putting all that stuff out there for when we're taking breaks and things like that. So, um, but yeah, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we go, Matt? No, I'm always surprised at how fast these streams go. It, I was like, did, I don't know how we're going to fill up a whole hour when we're saying like, yeah, AMD did a good job. but didn't quite match NVIDIA. And here we are, hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, no, that's great. So, all right then. Well, then uh, we'll see you all later. Bye. Right, see ya.